this remote thing sucks. It does. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to 91 Octane. I am John. I'm Randy. And on today's episode, we're going to cover, of course, your headlines as always. Um, Randy brought up an interesting question about guilty, pre- uh, guilty pleasures. Um, Christmas is around the corner. And as, a car, as car guys, we have a revolving wish list. So we will go over that today. Uh, living through chop shop culture in LA uh, is a topic we're going to touch on today. Our least favorite car work. And of course, we'll end with a question from the listeners. But first, let's start with some headlines. Randy, BMW has released pricing for the new 2021 M3. And guess how much it costs? 69 and 70,000. Oh, wow. That already <laughs> knew. 69. Good old $69,000 for the new M3. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, wish list aside, you know, your desires aside, do you think that is a fair price for a 2021 M car by BMW? Assuming no um, dealer markup. And it's a uh, what four or five hundred horsepower now, right? I imagine close to five, I think. Close to five, six uh, five. cylinder turbo. Six cylinder turbo, yeah. I think it's it's okay, it's fair. I mean, I can't afford it, but for <laughs> what it is, for the echelon it's in, yeah, I, I would call it fair. I thought it was fair too. I was expecting a lot more. Um, oh, really? Okay. Starting, yeah. It's only like five hundred dollars, or nah, maybe a couple grand over the F eighty M three when it was brand new. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's it's fair. It's definitely a little high. I would yeah. say maybe like nine grand of that is BMW tax. Mm, okay. But I think it's still fair, uh, you know, considering the demand of those cars. But it could be that they decided not to price it too high because of the buck tooth thing that people are still harping on. So I, I don't know if I'll see a lot of them on the street. Yeah, I actually already saw one on the street. You did? I saw I don't know if it was an M, but I definitely okay. saw or maybe I was in maybe it was a dream. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> Forget it. The COVID brain. <laughs> Oh, man, that's funny. But let's get into our next headline, which is the release of the latest edition of Gymkhana, um, in which the baton is passed over to Travis Pastrana uh, to take his Subaru through his hometown of... uh, Annapolis, Maryland. Annapolis, Maryland, that's right. Yeah. Um, And he... All the Hoonigan Media Machine exceeded my expectations once again uh, uh, for Gymkhana. I don't know what your opinions were. Give me your breakdown. Um, I think the jumping over the boat thing was cool. Yeah. Um, I thought I thought it was cool that they shut down his hometown. Yeah. Which, um, they've already done what Australia, like Sydney and San Francisco, right? Is those two cities they shut down? Right, and Detroit. Uh, that doesn't count because that sh- <laughs> that's just dead anyways. You could do that shit in the in the middle of the night and nobody would catch you. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, that literally barely counts in my book. Yeah. Uh, uh, it was some of the stunts were cool when he almost fell off the dock or the edge. Right. He got lucky, but so did um, what's his face uh, on the the hill climb, right? The Pikes Peak hill climb. Yeah, I I still give the 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 it was the Evo corner. Yeah. Yeah. On the Pikes Peak Hill Climb, Climb Kano, I still give that one to uh, uh, Ken Block. I think yeah. that's a little more dangerous. Um, but to see a car at those speeds let a wheel off a dock and then come back like it's nothing, that's impressive. Do you think it was intentional, though? Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was. So so there's a behind-the-scenes – I think it was posted on Travis Pastrana's Instagram um, – mm-hmm which he's talking about it he's like you know do you want me to get right to the edge or do you want me to fall off he's like you know i'm thinking it'll probably look better if i fall off but i don't know if it's safe so he asked ken block and he asked brian scotto who's a director of the videos if it was safe and of course they're gonna say yes because they want him to do it so they get the footage so they told him yes and he ended up doing it which is extremely impressive to me if it's intentional. If it was an accident, it's still impressive, but it was an accident, right? If the intention wasn't to fall off. He had the intention of falling off and then coming back, which was amazing to me. But for me, even more impressive than that was the second jump. Right. Wait, wait, which one was the second jump? The, the over second, the In the street going 150? The, yeah, exactly. In the street going 150, it was like... Uh, I mean, it, like the the road was like the size of a like an alleyway. It was it looked so short there, and he was able to complete that jump. I thought that was that was even better than the boat jump for me. Although more visually appealing, the boat jump is more visually appealing. I think the riskier jump was the second jump, for sure. Yeah, going down a two lane road at 150 plus, it's farmland road. There could be animals that pop out. There's yeah. some factors that were kind of out of the control. And yeah, it was it was pretty, I guess to your point, I was actually entertained and I was surprised in certain sections of it. Um, you think they've done it all and they come out with some some pretty impressive video footage that's hard yeah. to replicate. Like, you know, I watched it with the eye of, can John and I pull this shit off? And it's like, no. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> no, Hell no way. So, Man, we, could, we can even film that. Yeah, exactly. And so with that bar being the what I set when I wanted to when I went to watch it and them exceeding that, there you yeah. go. I was at, so therefore I basically am impressed by the video. It actually turned out pretty good. Yeah, man. I think I mean it was <clears throat> what's going on here. Sorry. Um yeah, it's it, it was um I don't expect the Jim Connor videos to really surprise me anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, just because they've done everything by this point, you know, and it's, it's still impressive. That's, you know, of course, it's always going to be impressive, but to see something that's like, oh man, they're really, it was kind of like, uh, Jim kind of starting to feel kind of like, uh, uh, the X games, um, like freestyle moto started feeling once, like we started getting backflips, we started getting backflips and all that, you know, like the other of that. Now Travis Pastrana is doing the same thing with cars. You're right, because now we're kind of like 
oh, I'm probably not going to be impressed. And they still, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they kind of yeah, got exactly. spoiled by seeing a double backflip. So it's like, okay, what are they going to do, a triple now? <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now they're going to, I mean, monster trucks are doing backflips now. Uh, I don't know if you've seen yeah. that. Yeah. I think I've seen a front flip too. Oh, oh, yeah. I think you're right. You're right. I've seen a front flip also. Yeah, those are crazy, but yes. yeah. Obviously, they might not do that, but I mean, it's I mean, they're pushing the limits for sure. Anyway, I was I think if you get a chance to go look at that, uh, definitely do. I thought that was amazing. Um, I wonder if they're gonna go like tit for tat with Kim Block or Kim Block's done. I don't know. We'll see. I thought he was done officially. I don't know. Maybe I haven't read anything about that. With Jim Connor, like that's why he passed the torch to Travis Pastrana. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it was like officially passing the torch or he was just guest starring. I, I don't know. It could be that he's done. Mm, okay. You you know, it's kind of like, like boxers, right? Or all athletes, right? They retire, come back, whatever. Michael Jordan did it. So, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, let's see. But anyway, into the next headline. So, uh, the Mustang Mach-E uh, is known for a lot of things, but apparently in Ford's quest to keep the cost of this car low, they got really creative with some design features. Okay. The onboard computer that the, the Mustang Mach-E has, I don't know if you've seen, there's like a donut on the screen, like a little ring that you run your finger across to control the, the uh, it's basically a tablet. No, I haven't seen that. Yeah, so it, when you look at the interior of the Mach-E, there's basically a tablet, a big giant tablet, and at the bottom of the tablet, there's a ring that you that knob controls, you know, volume up, volume down, AC okay. up, AC down. Obviously, the most expensive route is buying tablets, customizing these tablets by putting a hole in the middle and integrating a, you know, little knob. What Ford decided to do is take a knob that replicates your feedback, your finger feedback, right? And just paste it onto the tablet. So all you're really doing is, is running your finger across the tablet. Can you believe that? <laughs> they could easily just put it like a digital knob on there, but they wanted it to look fancy. So they take, they, they glued a, a ring on there that, uh, that maintains the connectivity from your finger or the, the feedback from your finger. So it's, so it's like a stylus basically for, for basically that's all it is. It's a stylus. They, yeah, they taped a stylus to the, Oh God, the screen. And it yeah. looks nice. It works. Right. Had you not known this, you wouldn't assume that this is the truth. And most consumers won't know this until when, unless it falls off. Yeah, exactly. That's when they'll find out. We'll see how cheap it is. It's gotta be well built, but. I don't know. I mean, that that's measures. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, yeah. it's not a cheap car. So right, right. This does sound like a. I mean, it's cool. I think you know, it's it's a nice solution to an expensive problem. But we'll see how it goes. L later on, they're gonna have to pay for like replacements and stuff, and it might be more expensive. But we'll see. Yeah, I'm not sold. I mean, that's already to the, that screams to me bad idea, personally. Yeah. Um, we'll see. I mean, I hope the best for them, but I'm not a believer with with that description. That just screams cheap to me. 
Yeah, it is. But let's pivot from cheap to not so cheap. Randy, I think I have your next car purchase. Is this my Christmas wish list? No. Post okay. Malone, our good friend Post Malone, is selling his one of three McLaren Senna's. Oh, okay. Okay. Which I like, why would you sell that? I mean, maybe he's got a business venture he's getting into, but is he? It's, it's so, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just assuming it's like, why, why would you sell the car? You know what I mean? But it knew this car cost $1.5 million. Wow. Who knows what it'll sell for now? Maybe that's the game. Buy it, hold on to it for a bit, use it for some music videos, then sell it for double. Did he use it for a video? I don't know. I, I don't really follow Post Malone too much. I'm not a good friend. But uh, he did put 147 miles on the car. So he drove it a little bit. Not a lot. You know, that might have been just moving it around his compound. But now it's for sale. So you can go buy it, Randy. It's a sexy car. It oh, really yeah. is. Like, I'm, I'm loving it. Five million. Like, that's the type of car you'd expect. Yeah. Sorry, say that again. And it's got Senna's name on it. Well, let me ask you this. What do you think it'll sell for? Well, what's your guess? I'm guessing, I'm guessing there's going to be a a million on top of it. Like a mil. So you think two mil. Oh, wait, two and a half mil, you're saying. Two Two and a half mil. That's what I'm thinking. There's only three of them. Oh, there's only three of them. Yeah, there's only three of these. And there's plenty of rich guys out there. Yeah. It looks, mm-hmm. uh, it looks like a hornet. Yeah, you, that's a good analogy or a good um, descriptor for it. Yeah, this thing is... Wow, I didn't... Yeah, one of three. Yeah. <sighs> so its rarity half. lends itself to, you know, being pricey. Does Jay Leno have one? I don't know, actually. I wonder if he would be the one to buy it. Oh, I'm sure he's interested. If he's heard about it, I'm sure he's heard. It's been in his circles. How how did Post Malone get to the top three of the list? That's that's the amazing part. Uh, Apparently, this was ordered by a an outfit in in Hollywood. So. They probably have some relationship with, you know, celebrities and Post Malone got hooked up or something. But this wasn't ordered from from McLaren by uh, Post Malone. There was a broker. Mm. Yeah. From what I can from what I've read. Well, he it says here he's asking one point seven. Oh, really? Yeah, but I don't know if this site is legit or not. I just looked up like Post Malone McLaren. Why sell it? You know, why go through the trouble of selling it for two hundred thousand? Yeah, that's actually a good point because it could actually appreciate if this is right. So yeah, I I wouldn't bother. Yeah, (laughs) the first comment on the site that I oh is this car and driver uh, was I bet Senna is rolling in his grave over this one. At least honor the guy with an attractive car. The 720S or 765 LT would have been a better start. I'm telling you, man, these net bangers, these keyboard ninjas, 
Right, right, right. As if they're in the hate. game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Probably a 13 year old. Right. <laughs> that wraps up our headlines for the week. Go ahead and check out that car. If you buy it, let us know. But let's get into our next segment. Oh, oh, where are we? Where are we here? So you want me to kick it off? It was a question that I had done. Um... That's right. So so this is the question you proposed literally right before the episode. Um, so you, you present it. So I was on Zoom with a coworker and he had seen that some of my internet tabs were doing some car shopping or car browsing. And he was like, really? That brand? And so my question to you, Josh, <laughs> What a snob. <laughs> well, he's actually kind of right. So I, okay. I kind of likened it to like, oh, I, I got caught watching a reality show, like Keeping Up with the Kardashians or... Okay, gotcha. Of, you know what I mean? Like, guilty yeah, 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 yeah. I don't watch those shows. Yeah, you can call me out on it. You know, like, no, I don't really. I really don't watch those shows. But nonetheless, um, in the car world... I tend to gravitate back to just just taking a peek at a certain brand and looking at what's out there. And for me, I have that brand, but I was wondering, John, for you, what is your reality show guilty pleasure car brand? Oh, guilty pleasure car brand. It doesn't have to be OEM. It can be like an aftermarket something that you know is shit or you know is just, eh, really? but you just have a something for it. Oh man, this is, this is actually a really hard question. And when I read it, it's the same experience I had where it's like, okay, what, what direction do I go in? Um, what car brand, what company would be a guilty pleasure? Um, I mean, it's, it's, I think for me it would be um, Rocket Bunny and Pandem. <laughs> <laughs> Every once in a while, man, I look at it and I'm like, you know what? The the E36 would look really dope as a white body race car. But it's definitely a guilty pleasure for me. Like I'd feel shame if I did it. Really? For the Rocket Bunny on your... Do they have it for the four-door? Um, I think so. I think they do. Okay. But there are other versions available, right? Um, but yeah, I think so. I, I, don't, I don't see... You know, no disrespect to anyone, of course. I mean, everyone deserves to love their own thing. And if you love it, you love it. But the Rocket Bunny thing, for me, it's, it's almost like the, the stance kids. The, <laughs> The heavy camber kids, you know, I don't get it personally, you know, to each their own, but I, I would feel a certain negative type of way if I was driving my car slowly through a lot and it was, and I had a pandem kit on it or I had like 10 degrees of camber, negative camber, you know what I mean? So I think that's the brand that sticks out the most for me uh, in terms of a guilty pleasure. That's an interesting choice. I mean... Truthfully, if I was willing to hack up an E36, um, I wouldn't mind their rock, the Rocket Bunny one. Some of their other kits, no, definitely no. Like the FRS is really played out, so obviously that's off the list. But I don't hate on uh, – or I don't have any um, negative 
thoughts or views of Pandem um, as far as their 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 kits. This so, is not about you, Randy. Exactly. So to me, that's not even a guilty pleasure. I I take it. I I'd be happy. Uh, okay. Yeah. No, I think it'd be a guilty pleasure for me for sure. What about well, you? Well, you're thinking about it, so you're in the same boat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um. So for me. The reason I had said this was I got caught looking at Subaru Foresters again. <laughs> oh, no. Actually, you know what? That is low-key. Not as much as the Pandem, but that is low-key. Subaru is my guilty pleasure. Not as strongly as the Pandem. Okay. Subaru in general. Like I, I, I'll often look at these cars, even just WRXs, and I'm like, oh, it'd be nice to own one. But there's just so much negative info on these engines that I, I don't feel like I should ever do it. Yeah, and that's what always reminds, like, pulls me back down from the cloud of smoke I'm, I'm you know, smoking, is the fact <laughs> that, dude, 100K and your engine is just a time bomb, it's just not worth it at the end of it. So, yeah. Yeah. I got caught. It's like getting caught watching like a weird uh, category of porn, you know, like, oh, shit. Yeah. I, was looking at yeah, I guess to a, it, what is it a car guy that was giving you shit? Yes. Before? Yeah. It was the guy that uh, um, rolled with us when we were, uh, we went out to the uh, IE and took a drive. Oh yeah. That guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's when I lost my, uh, my wheel cap. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But <laughs> yeah. eye, right? That guy's got a good eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. I don't know. He's like, yeah, it came off of your car back there. I was like, ah, oh, man. <laughs> All right, but let's get into our next segment, the Christmas wish list, and let's go one for one, Randy. So uh, you can go first, and then I'll go with mine. I have three items on my wish list. How many do you have on yours? I only have one. I only had enough time to think of one. Damn, you're um, even you're even frugal with your desires. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> All no, right. In this case, it really is time, which is what I keep telling you is my reason for everything is lack yeah. of time. Um, so with that said, my Christmas wish list is a um, it's very aspirational. In that what I would like is for an EV company, regardless of whatever EV um, car brand it is, to bundle a car with solar batteries so that you kind of get a little bit of a discount on the home battery and solar panel situation so that you could really make an EV bundle even more affordable because that really ultimately would be the net neutral carbon neutral package, right? Is, is a, is solar panels going to a battery, you're charging your car. And I mean, I mean, it wouldn't be fully carbon neutral, but it's closer than what we currently have, which is to plug into a wall. What? Wait, so your desire is new tech. New tech. Absolutely. You know me with my futuristic ideas is <laughs> I'm saying some crazy company should just bundle both. Obviously, Tesla is the best person or organization for it since they have the solar panels and the batteries. 
and the car. Give me a bundle that's actually a little bit more affordable so that it's the full ecosystem. So your, 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 your Christmas wish mm-hmm. is for a company to give you the opportunity to buy a bundle, an EV bundle that gives you solar panels for your house. Yes. Packaged <laughs> with my car. <laughs> I got real creative, John. I must have been uh, Oh my God, dude. I feel so immature about my <laughs> wish list. <laughs> you're like, you're like, you know, dreaming about the future and wanting to like save things. And my wish list, I'm gonna go through it right now. Okay. <laughs> Uh, E92 M3 wheels, specifically Apex Arc 8 and 910s. Chevy Colorado wheels, specifically the 1552 Turbo Mac HDs. Size to be determined because they're not listing my bolt pattern anymore, so I'm a little concerned. And hood vents for the E36 M3, uh, which are completely unnecessary, but I think look amazing. Um, if I were able to rock that. So when you started telling me that you want the opportunity to be more green for Christmas, I was like, what the? (laughs) That just goes to show where my head is at, obviously, right? (laughs) Well, yeah, dude. I'm over here, like, making a wish list like I'm 16 years old and (laughs) Elon Musk. (laughs) Right. See, that's the funny thing is, is when you propose this topic... That's kind of where my head was going to went was just to go aspirational and not go with like, oh, I want a body kit for my S2000. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, realistically, right? Like that's what a wish list is to me. Like, okay, things that I want to buy that I probably wouldn't buy otherwise. Like I'm not going to buy hood vents for the E36. It's going to go, it's going to blow my budget for no reason, right? I don't need them yet. Maybe later on I'll figure it out. Same with the wheels for the other cars. I mean, the current wheels are fine. I don't need to worry about that. Right. You're over here bundling, you know, space and time. (laughs) Well, part of the reason was for the entertainment factor of going like stupid like that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that's funny. Well, don't actually buy us any of these things. I think if you want to bundle something for Randy, definitely do that because he's going to pay for it. Um, but you know, don't feel like you need to buy me new wheels. I, I, we, I share my hypothetical wish list, but let's move into our next topic, which is chop shop culture in LA. Now, I'll preface this by saying, you know, I don't know the ins and outs of chop shop. Um, this is simply a recount of me growing up in my neighborhood and experiencing chop shop culture, uh, chop shop culture firsthand. Um, and this topic came up because of a story, or actually a, con- a few consecutive stories, uh, when I worked in In-N-Out. This was my first high school job um, at In-N-Out, and I, I got paid well. Um, and there, since they paid well, there were a lot of older folks, not super old, but, you know, early 20s that were still working there. Um and so we had from 16 to about 24. That was the full staff. Uh, maybe even a little older than that. Anyway, at the time, I had a 1996 Honda Civic. 
Um, and it was a DX, obviously the weakest motor, no VTEC, single cam. Um, and at the, you want to be fast, right? I'm telling you, every time I went to In-N-Out, there was this one guy uh, specifically, he would always tell me, hey, you want to you wanna be 16? You want the SI engine? I'll get it to you. I'll get it for you, 300 bucks. And I'm like, 300 bucks, man, that's, that's so cheap. And he's like, yeah, you just got to figure out how to get it in yourself, but I can get you the engine. Wow. And I'm telling you, this, this, like, it was like a, I mean, it had to be like a year's span of time where it was consistently, hey, do you need this? Hey, do you want this engine? I can get you a GSR. It'll be a little more, 300 bucks, 400 bucks. And these were the prices that, that were being quoted. And I... I was a little naive uh, still, right? I wasn't too plugged in, but I slowly started coming to find out through different conversations with these same people that these were chop shop prices. So these, uh, this guy that I was, that I worked with kind of had his own side gig stealing Hondas, which apparently is still a thing that people do, which is unbelievable. So um, I've told the story in the past of the crew at my high school that was known for doing chop shop stuff and they had their own, their cars were, you know, fixed up to the nines. Right. Um, So all around me kind of pretty much pretty consistently as, you know, a 16, 17 year old, I had full access to sort of the black market of uh of the chop shop culture and understand you know they would have these cars apart in one night of course they're going to charge 340 400 bucks to get rid of something super fast right but at that time even realizing um you know what was actually happening i couldn't do it really i, I couldn't get myself like I think back on it now and I'm like, you're, you're a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're over here trying to be like goody two shoes. So you're like, nah, I'm not going to do it. But you know, that might've been fun to do. Granted, if you got caught, especially at that time, you know, at that time enforcement on all that stuff was increasing dramatically just because the occurrences of it was increasing dramatically. Um, but still, I think back on it, like I refused to say yes. I was like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. Don't worry about it. I'm good. What um, year was this, John? Just out of curiosity. This was, oh my God, this had to be 2001, 2, 2003. Yeah, like 2003. Yeah, 2002 to 2004, somewhere around there. Mm. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, it was the, the market was still still at its peak and that's what you could get an engine for you know if you knew the right person obviously um and so it it turns out that these people went out they took cars based on a simple request right it could be that somebody wanted a motor right they'd take the car sell the motor to that person and then just take all the other parts and, and distribute those as well Wow. All I have to say yeah. is wow, because it's no wonder that the scene out here was what it was. Um, 
that just was non-existent for me at that time because I was in Detroit. Yeah. Just to see like a fixed up Civic, uh, geez, you'd have to wait like a month or two to see one on the road. Oh my God. Here you saw them everywhere. And you just never knew, you know, which one was legit, which one wasn't. I mean, you had community, you had the, their own car community policing itself with people having their eyes out for specific engines, specific codes, specific things like that, just because the market was, everyone was just changing hands on these engines, these motors. That I remember seeing that on the forums, the self-policing stuff. Yeah. Um, At that time, I was on the Celica forums at that time. So the activity for that car was not the same as the Honda scene. Of as far as theft, at the very least, right? So, right, um, and desirability. So everybody wanted the Hondas, and in a sense, today, fast forward to today, that's what makes me glad a little bit that I have a Prelude, is because yeah. it's the Honda that nobody wants. It's the Orphan Annie of yeah, Honda, right. So I mean, this, this, it played into my decision about the track car, right? Like I was, really oh yeah, a Honda too, just because they they're constantly stolen. Yeah, it's not worth the stress of worrying about it. No, no, not not anymore, at least. Are chop shops still a thing? I don't see illegal parts getting flipped, even on like Facebook mess, uh, Facebook um, marketplace and whatnot. I'm I'm sure they are, but not to the scale that that it was. You know, I mean, there's still people stealing cars. I, you know, even recently, I mean, up to like two years ago. Um, I saw an Integra that was stolen and by the time they found it, a ton of the parts are missing already. So maybe they won't chop them down to the frame anymore, but they still steal them and take the harvest, the parts, so to speak. The easy stuff, right? The easy stuff. Yeah. That or at least to start or it's mm-hmm. some people doing it now. Right. And they're like in their, in their driveway, just pulling stuff as much as they can before they go drop it off a few miles away. I see. Right but on. not like maybe not actual chop shops like you see on the on like movies and stuff. Because before mm-hmm. it was like that, you know, maybe not giant warehouses, but in garages with tools, taking down to the frame and then dropping it off like somewhere. Like literally, they would spray paint the frame a different color, um, drop it off miles away, and that was it. That that was that was the all in one night, right? Steal the car. Go however many miles away, steal the car, bring it back to the shop, take it all apart, paint the frame, then drop it off in the middle of nowhere. Oh, and, really? Yeah, and that and that was it. So they would just dump the frame somewhere so that it wouldn't get caught. Yeah, because what are they, what are they going to do with it exactly? Like that is the prime. Like if somebody found that, there you go. There's evidence that they stole the car. Oh, wow. But, you know, once the frame is gone, yeah, they'll just get rid of the parts and and they're good to go clean knowing my moral compass at the time i could see that being a very tempting thing yeah being involved in that part of me you think you would have done it i mean dude i sold marijuana illegally and it was highly illegal at that time so yeah i guess you're right but i, I feel like that's a little different than purchasing somebody's stolen goods like someone suffered for you to have that b16 <laughs> that's true so I think the karma would have <clears throat> of that stealing from somebody thing probably yeah. gotten me to me the most because I never yeah. stole from a person. 
Because with the with the bud thing, you're only offending the government. Right. And there's no there's no karma there. You know, like you're good. Yeah, and quite frankly, it's going to be legal federally soon. So I yeah, mean, so they can tax it at like fifty percent. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, but we get better quality weed these days. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so that's kind of our our flashback to the chop shop days where it was as easy as working it in and out to get a new B sixteen for three hundred bucks. I would have bought one. I would have bought an engine. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I was tempted, man, but I was still uncorrupted so i was like no can't do that that is not honest Dumb you're it. a good man john always have been <laughs> anyway we're bringing back a segment a sort of game show segment is it a car company and in this segment we take shots at giving each other company names and then taking a guess whether it's a uh car automotive motorsport related company or if it's not related at all so to kick it off you want to get started randy i will kick it off with a company called cart boy cart boy yes uh, this one seems obvious and not obvious it could be like a it could be like a cart service like a paypal yeah, a DoorDash type of thing. Car. Yeah, or it could be like carding. Hmm. This is a lot easier when we're in person because I can I can see if you have any tells or not. <laughs> yeah, I definitely don't have a poker face when I uh when I when we play this game. Yeah. Cart boy. Huh. Cart boy, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with yes. Ah, you are correct. It is. It's they primarily make Subaru aftermarket parts. Really? Yes. Primarily. I would have thought they made like like carding equipment. No, they make like uh, suspension tie rods. I mean, that's kind of where they started. Like the simple mods first that you can fab fairly easily. Not super easy, but it's not like a camshaft or something. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's surprising. Cart boy. Mm-hmm. Definitely don't know my Subarus. Yes, exactly. All right, let's put you in the hot seat then. It's my turn. Randy, is it a car company? The name of the company is Panaz. Say that again. Panaz. P-A-N-O-Z. Oh, that's a yes. That's a car company. That's an OEM. Damn. Right. <laughs> I thought they were a low-key sports uh, sports car company that you probably wouldn't know. No, they're like in the Koenigsegg uh, echelon-ish, right? They're a little lower, but around there. Yeah. Okay. Around there, yeah. yeah. They make custom sports cars. They look a lot like Porsches. Um, they're sports cars. Some of them are exaggerated, but they do have a few cars that look a lot like Porsches. Like, mm, you're changing a few things here, but it looks like you copied some homework. I didn't know they were custom. Oh, yeah, they are like Porsches. Yeah. Wow. I haven't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, eh, not, not loving the design, but. Um, yeah. All right. Next uh, car company. Is it a car company? Showa. S-H-O-W-A. Showa. 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 
Hmm. And uh, are we allowed to give country of origin on this one? Do you know? Did we set rules? Uh, we did not set rules like that. But if I provide that, it would provide a clear answer. Okay. I'm going to go with yes. Ah, damn. That was already a clue. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the show all group, um, they make OEM suspension for like Honda and stuff. Oh, okay. So, I believe. OEM suspension components for Hondas. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'm not seeing it online. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, Showa Shocks. Shock of Showa Shocks, okay. Okay, Showa. They might be like a Monroe Shock brand, but like they have an OEM line. Uh, I, yeah. I don't know the full, and I'm not seeing their website on, on Google, ironically. You, do you, you have three, right? Do you have, an, your, you have a last one? That's, that's it for me too. That was it? Oh yeah. man, so I got two. So you have two more chances to tie or beat me. I have okay. more. Okay. So pressure's on you, boy. Mm -hmm. First, is it a car company? The name of the company is Tata. Yes, that's an Indian car company. Oh man, these are way too easy. Yeah, very. I've been to India, remember? So I've seen them. Yeah. Oh really, <laughs> you have seen them? Yes, I have. Seen I, I didn't know that. I didn't. Yeah, I, I was. I was going in and out on this one. I was like, "Is he gonna know? Is he not gonna know?" I did not think he would know. So now we're two and two, and I gave you two very easy ones. Apparently, yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, is an Indian uh, OEM manufacturer, uh, formerly Tata Engineering and Locomotive Company, Telco. Um, so they're. In India. So then the last one, this is for the win, Randy, or we stay at a tie. Okay. AGV Sports Group. AGV Sports Group. Do they make helmets? Mm, yes. So is it a car company? Technically... I don't know if they make just motorcycle helmets. I mean, I might want to disqualify based on the answer to that question. <laughs> what kind of bullshit rules is this? <laughs> well, I mean, I gave you a pretty big hint, you know, like at this point, like if you said, do they make helmets? And I said, yes, it's almost a guaranteed yes. I'm surprised you even debated it. Well, because I don't know if they made um, motorcycle helmets only or driving helmets also. So I guess technically speaking, by being motorcycle industry, that makes it. Yeah, that counts. Okay, so there you go. Well, we're tied because I gave that one up. <laughs> <laughs> Do they make car uh, racing helmets? They develop. They design and develop safety apparel for motorcycle racing not for not for automotive but i i mean it's it counts okay it counts but yeah. you're not giving me the credit no i like i shouldn't have answered that question i should have just kept a straight face and not said anything when you said yeah and I, yeah helmets because at that point it's like it's pretty much a given yeah it's just that again i didn't know if we were saying you still win but you get half credit how about that 
There you go. Fair enough. Because, yeah, motorcycle. Were we yeah. saying any motorsports? Yeah, I think any motorsports is fine. If we want to keep this going for longer than a few episodes, it's going to have Yeah, to that's be, probably a good idea. Good call. All right, uh, I'll take that half point. Motorsports. Yeah. <laughs> so you win today's edition of Is It a Car Company? Cool. Insert here. Yay. Yay. To our last segment, uh, which is questions from the listeners. So this week, we've got a question from Ryan from L.A. If you could go back in time and change something in your car enthusiast past, what would it be? Do you already have any regrets? Anything you do differently? Anything you change? Um, from when you started your interest in cars till now? I would change one of the platforms I started with. Which was? The cell, the 2001 Celica, I would have undone that one and gone with a different brand, probably a Honda at the time. Oh, uh, okay. For two reasons. Well, the main reason being that the platform just was not what I thought it would was going to be. Um, it wasn't that well supported, and it's it's clear with the support that it has now, which is not a lot. Um, yeah, I'm surprised you still see them around. I, I do you see them around? I don't see them around. I do, I do, I do see some around, and I see them fixed up too. Oh, really? Yeah, I'll see like very rare. Actually, you know, I see them more than other cars now that I think about it. I, it's like it's rare, but when I do see them, they are fixed up. Mm. In a while. Yeah, um, my eyes are very keen to find those, or if they come about, and so. Um, yeah, I probably would have gone away from the Celica brand, like brand, and maybe gone Civic SI instead, or Integra, just because of the the greatness of that foundation, and because we weren't a chop shop town like you guys here. Um, actually, shit, I might as well have gone with a Type R. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Although that would have been, yeah, that would have been a still a hot commodity where I was from. It just wasn't as hard to, it wasn't easily or readily stolen like it is out here. So right, I, and at the time, like, there wasn't really a lot of, a big online sales thing. Right, exactly. It was like a local auto trader and that's it. Yeah, you couldn't sell an engine on eBay. I mean, technically you could, but yeah. it, was, no, it, was, it was the penny saver. Yeah, yeah, the exactly. penny saver. Yeah. yeah, and ours never had imports for that were like tuner cars. It was just uh, Toyota dude, Corollas. That's, yeah, that's crazy to think that that's in our lifetime. Like we're not even like old farts yet, you know. And and in our lifetime, there is. I mean, you have three kids, but you're you're not in general. You're not old, and mm -hmm. lived a world where the internet didn't exist, and accessing car parts took, you know, hunting forums and, you know, searching. I mean, at least for our cars, right? Or at least, you know, with our money, eBay was probably the first foyer into making things a little easier. A thousand percent. Yep. Yeah. But it also kind of brought on a lot of like counterfeiting of parts and stuff. So the only way so somebody like me could have gotten it was from the, the magazines, the um, getting a catalog or calling the, the manufacturer 
of the aftermarket part or the Ugh, retailer calling people yes Gross. like nopey nationals if you remember that site or that company oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah like right. calling finding that ad in the import did you this yeah. isn't this isn't car related but did you have ccs magazine which no. was a sporting catalog you get you didn't have that no nope. that's crazy because before it was like a monthly catalog that's issued before the internet was big, a big thing, right? And there was this catalog that had skateboards, trucks, wheels, shoes, uh, I mean, everything. And and there was there were catalogs for all different types of markets and businesses. East Bay, right? East Bay catalog, I'm sure you're familiar with East that Bay. That one, yeah, everybody has yeah. that or got that. Yeah, yeah, so CCS was East Bay for skaters. Okay, but yeah, with those catalogs, I was completely a dreamer. Like I have, I still have some catalogs for DJ equipment, and the technical hundreds are in there. Yeah, it's a black and white catalog. Um, and you still want to DJ? Um, it's almost too easily accessible now, so it's like the allure is gone in a way. But it's not easy to do. I agree that I agree with, but technically speaking, it is compared to those days. When you had to buy a set of oh uh, yeah, or at least Stanton brand uh, turntables, some some yeah, beat, a direct drive turntable for three hundred bucks. You had, to, you had to beat match by ear. You had to beat match by ear. You had to buy uh, records. Yeah, and being a broke high schooler who could afford who could afford records, right? Who there could was no crate after crate. Yeah, there was no Serato. Yeah, or MP3s. You couldn't mix with MP3s. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, man, that's well. I mean, you couldn't back then, and then and then all of a sudden you could, right? Exactly. And people were very reluctant for a very long time to mix with CDs. And now Cubert mixes. Security is gone. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah, Yeah. now it's all it's all digital at this point. It's all All digital. Every single the best of the best. Cubert has. Yeah, (laughs) Cubert. Sorry, he's my Filipino DJ god. Uh, Filipino DJ guy, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what you would change. What yeah, for you. you what, what? For me, it, it is um, being afraid of, of the track. I, I would go like, if I could go back in time and talk to myself, I'd, I'd encourage myself to go to the track at a younger age. I went to like Irwindale, like you know, drag racing, like in the Civic, you know what I mean? Like you're, you, dra- I'm not going you dragged to- your Civic at Irwindale? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I had friends that had like SIs and stuff too, and they wanted to go. So we wanted to see what times we got. And it, it took a full minute to get down the drag strip, but <laughs> it was fun. It was fun to try, you know, but getting into like real tracks, like your willows, your button willows, your like that always seemed like such a high bar for me like it i mean especially playing gran turismo and all those games you kind of look at it like a dream um so i was always intimidated about going and i wished i wouldn't have like at least in my 20s because although it's expensive it would have been a much cheaper hobby than you know wasting money partying or whatever when i was younger right i mean or there it's just another thing to do um but i think i would you know where would i be at right now if i had started a lot earlier so you know don't be afraid because i was afraid for a long time to go to the track it's kind of like the same thing as going to your first car meet 
Mm, okay. On steroids, right? It's much different. Because at a meet, all you're doing is you're showing up with a car. Whereas going to the track, now you're taking your car to the limit and you don't have a lot of experience and you don't want to be in the way of a ton of people. There's just a lot of factors to think about. So I think I would probably tell myself to not be afraid of the track. Being afraid to be the noob, right? Yeah, being afraid to be the noob, being afraid to not be good at something for a little while, you know, like, I know that's always, it's a big thing for anybody. So for any of you younger folks, 16-year-olds out there, you know, just don't, don't let the fear of not being the best at something stop you from doing that something. Amen to that. And with that. That is our episode. How would you find us, John? You can find us at 91octane.com. That is all letters, no numbers. Also, like and subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. Follow us on Instagram at 91octane. And if you have any questions, concerns, uh, points of order, whatever it may be, info at 91octane.com. And if you want to submit questions for the episode, really just hit us up. You can DM us. You can email us. You can you know yell it from the rooftops if you're close enough. But Whatever you you uh, means you want to use to reach us, go ahead and reach us. We're usually pretty responsive. Any last words, Randy? Uh, not this week. Not this week. Shout out to Cubert. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta listen to this artist. I, I'm. Well, you need to put me on new music, Randy. You've never heard of Cubert? I've never heard of Cubert, dude. I've oh. never, I left. I left EDM in two thousand. 2008 or nine he's before he's hip-hop and he's before edm oh really i didn't i don't i don't know who Hubert is you'll know once uh, you hear the stuff because he used to be on like nba 2k2 um games and stuff oh interesting send me a couple songs and we'll see i will all right good night all right good night